Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. It's officially March when the madness arrives at MyBookie. Select winners from 63 tournament games in the My Bracket contest for a chance at 10,000 in cash prizes, and it's only one single dollar entry. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use the promo code DRINKINGBROS to secure your deposit bonus up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Yeah! Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports. We've got one of our faves on the show today. I feel like I say that all the time, that we have one of our, our favorites on, but we've been very, very lucky with guests. It's been a big guest week. Huge. Yeah. Huge guest week. We had Brett Favre on yesterday. We got another Brett on. Brett Saberhagen is on today. Kansas City legend. How are you, buddy? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Where are you at today? Well, I'm in Arizona. Uh, Scottsdale right now. Uh, We're here for a few more days. uh, But I primarily uh, live, well, Candace, my wife, and I live in uh, Central Coast, California, like you guys kind of talk about Austin saying, hey, it's a great place to visit, but don't move here because it's so populated already. <laughs> Paso Robles is the same thing. Come and visit the great wine country, but you don't need to live here. You can move on after you come and visit. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. Um, I've, I've spent some time there and I get it. I understand. I, same way we feel about Austin. You know, everybody's moving here. I, I had actually been here maybe 50, 60 times before. So I'd been here a lot. It wasn't like I just decided to, to pick up and move or we moved the company here. But uh, uh, I had been here. So when they said, hey, would you guys like to move the media company here? They didn't have to twist our arms to do it. However, everybody else is now moving in. And that's when the, the disaster starts. Well, I'll come and visit sometime soon, and you can show me around. Perfect. And then I will visit you, sir, and not live there. <laughs> Deal? <You> got it. <laughs> no, I'm moving into your basement, actually. I hope that's okay. <laughs> I like wine. Sounds good so. to man cave, right? Yeah, I like wine, so I'm, I'll be there. Yeah, Dan, Dan's a huge wine fan. Um, look, we got uh, opening day tomorrow. It's here. Finally. Finally. Everyone's fantasy baseball drafting in the uh, Drinking Bros leagues, and it's uh, we're, I'm pretty hyped. I'm yeah, ready, we have, what, what do we got, eight leagues? Eight leagues, yeah. yeah. That's more than we anticipated, <laughs> but people are fucking nuts. So People are nuts. Um, was fantasy baseball big back when you were playing? Uh, I guess it was a little bit. I, I just, there's too many games to keep up with. I mean, football's tough enough as it is, mm. but baseball is, I mean, it's, it's nonstop, 162 games. Um, you've got to be on, on top of it each and every week. I was doing a, uh, a an RBI league. It was strictly RBIs. Hmm. And um, that was that was a, a quite a bit to keep up with. But now if you got pitchers and all that stuff in eight leagues, you're rooting against some of your guys that you have on certain teams all the time. So you can't draft the same team on eight, eight different eight different leagues. So that makes it a little tough. That's what I've never understood. Guys that have multiple fantasy teams at some point in time, you're going to be going up against the guys that you have on a different team. So you're, you're kind of almost defeating the purpose. So, but, uh, well, there's, a, it, there's, it, a, there's keeps a it enjoyable. It. And what, what's great about this year's season is we're going to have a few, uh, few rears in the uh, butts in the stands this year. So that's yeah, finally. Yeah. I mean, Yes. Uh, so Rangers Stadium, they're going to go 100% day one. 100% day one. Now, are they going mask? Yeah, they're going the full mask, but that, that won't last very much longer. I mean, obviously, I've been to a couple of games. I went to some, actually, I was out in, uh, in uh, uh, what is it, 
uh, shit, what's the name of that town? I can't remember the name of the town, but I was out watching the Royals play the uh, Padres a couple weeks ago. In Arizona? Surprise? Yeah, Surprise, Arizona. That's where it is, yeah. Um, I was at that game, and it's like, yeah, wear your mask, and it's like, no. Nobody really was, so, you know, it is what it is. But they were only at, like, 50% capacity, I think, and they had the seats, uh, like, flex-cuffed yeah. up in the, on the up position, so you can't, like, move around and stuff. I guess that's one way to handle it. Um, another way is to, you know, just, you know, not care, but that's what I do. I don't care about things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. caring about things is what I do the most, actually. Yeah, probably. It's probably your best attribute. Yeah, it is. That's um, why I look this way. Yeah, yeah. It's to be honest. And, and if you notice the excitement in his voice, um, he's raring for baseball to go. So. I love baseball. It's my favorite sport. I, wa- it I is. have. I, I love the days. My, my favorite days are when there's three games or three time slot games in a yeah. day because I just have MLB.tv going the whole day. All, all day. No I, matter what else I'm doing, even if I'm doing shows right here, I'll still have it going right. on. <laughs> Uh, on my on my laptop so no if i'm not paying too much attention to this it's because i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a, he's a guy that's got baseball on you know every single uh device that he's got uh, computer backgrounds like all of it um i love baseball it, however I, as the years have gone by they seem to be taking the fun out of it um i i enjoyed your era the most to be honest with you that was my favorite when you guys were playing um, Ricky Henderson was my favorite player. That was my dude growing up. Uh, I enjoyed the characters in the game during that era. Uh, you in particular, I mean, just packing those, you know, boom, uh, those, those dips and, uh, and getting out there and getting after it, throwing a little sidearm. Like it was a lot more fun and there was a lot more personalities back when you played. And I feel like a lot of those guys are gone now and major league baseball is kind of reaching for a superstar whereas in your era every single team had you know three or four dudes who was out of control well i appreciate you saying that i think the the big part that i don't care for nowadays is the analytics and nobody nobody manages or uh, coaches with uh, with their their stomach or their eyes anymore it's okay this is what you're supposed to be doing and this is when we do it and you got to follow the rules and your hands are tied. I don't know how many times that I've seen in postseason um, recently in the recent years that have gone by that, uh, you know, managers are bringing in their uh, closer in the, in the fifth or sixth inning mm-hmm. and not letting their starter go as long. So the, the game's changed that way. And, and, and again, I, I was back in the era where if something happened uh, with a, uh, with a teammate, you can knock a guy down or hit the guy and, <laughs> You know, they get up and they brush themselves off. It was part of the game. Now, if you have to throw a ball inside, guys are looking at you funny, wanting to fight you. So, um, and that wouldn't be a problem back in our day. You know, come on. It, it was only air and opportunity between us. So if you want to come on out, come on out. Yeah, I, but, think, uh, that, I think that adds a lot. I talked to uh, some people about this uh, last week, actually. Who are we, who are we talking ben to? Ben Verlander was yeah, the ben, most recent one. Ben Verlander, uh, Justin's little brother. He does, uh, he's a sports host on Fox. Um we're talking to him about some of the changes that baseball's made, some of the changes they might want to make. I think a lot, and we talked to uh, the guy from the Wall or from the Wall Street Journal, Jared Diamond. Yeah, Jared yeah. Diamond, yeah. Um, uh, I like the DH. I don't. I don't want to see pitchers hit. It, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's yeah. like it's like having it's like having the guy washing dishes cook your fucking dinner. It doesn't make any sense, man. Yeah. Like why? If you go to a restaurant, you don't want to see that shit. And you know, if you go to a baseball game, I don't want to see pitchers hit. It's not exciting. Right. right. They're having problems with the games being too long. That's not true. That's what they think they're having problems with the games being too long. The games are too boring. That is the problem. Right. So here's here's my solution. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I say this to everybody 
uh, that comes on that's involved in baseball anyway. Get rid of the fucking pitcher hitting completely. All DHs. However, here, here's the problem. Pitchers can now throw at guys with impunity, and they never have to go up to the plate and maybe get hit themselves. I say we go hockey rules. You can charge the mound. You guys can fight. Everybody gets kicked out or whatever the fuck, but there's no suspension afterwards. Like there's a, unless you do something crazy, like hit a guy with a head Bring with a bat. bat. Yeah. yeah. Like if you hit a guy with your bat or something like that, sure, you're going to get suspended. <laughs> but if you just go out there and rough each other up a little bit, why would you get suspended for that? How did that hurt the game? How right. does, has it hurt hockey? No. Like no. There's, been a, there's been dozens of studies on this because the presumption is that the presumption is that, that uh, people get injured during those fights. Not yeah. true. Way more people get injured by big hits that happen as a result of enforcers not doing their job than ever got injured during the fight. So, yeah. again, more people are going to get pitchers are going to hurt more people by throwing at people than are going to get hurt in the actual scuffle afterwards. Yeah, people right? get hurt more when you travel faster, whether it's the ball yeah. or, the, or the person. Yeah. It's like a car accident yeah. impact in hockey. And how great some of the better fights in baseball history, you know, like uh, – What's that dude's name? Kyle, whatever the fuck from the Cubs that jacked up. Farnsworth. Farnsworth. He just like speared that dude and fucking wailed on him. Nolan Ryan obviously beating the Christ out yeah. of uh, Robin Ventura. That was ill-advised. I don't know who <laughs> the hell thinks they're going to charge the mound on Nolan Ryan. Of all the people right. you could have chosen. That's like trying to fist fight LeBron James in the basketball <laughs> court or something. She's like the biggest dude out there. What are you doing? Did anybody ever charge the mound against you? No, no. Uh, I, I don't, And I'm not sure quite why um I, I didn't hit a lot of guys uh just for the hell of it i hit guys when it called for it mm. when they did something to one of our teammates or one of our guys got hit it was more of a retaliation uh thing so probably that's that's why i never got charged because they you know there wasn't uh me uh being a douchebag and just <laughs> drilling them because uh of this um and I, I think nowadays with the guys the bat flips and that there'd be a lot more guys getting drilled. Um, uh, you know, when I was playing that the bat flip thing is, uh, kind of, kind of pisses you off a little bit. It's about go act like you've done it before. Go about your business, you know, right. um, celebrate after you come across the plate. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, the game has changed. Um, and I still love it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, still enjoy watching it, but, um, it has changed in a lot of different ways. I think nobody charged you because you looked intimidating on the mound. Um, you had that that mullet. Uh, you were you were bigger. You were a bigger dude, and it was just like, eh. There was something about you that it was like, I'm not going to test this guy. That, uh, that's what it felt like to me when I watched you play. Well, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, the mullet thing definitely. It's, it was it was pretty scary. That's for sure. <laughs> that's, <laughs> now 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 I'm lo- I'm losing it, but I've got the long COVID hair going in the back right mm-hmm. now, so. I need a little trim, but well, the uh, mullet's coming back yeah. in style anyway. So yeah, you, you still have half really your mullet. Is. You still yeah. have half your mullet, so you're good. The best, the, the half you want. <laughs> yeah, you need a little more party in the back. That's all. Yeah. yeah, I I always say wait 20 years. Don't get rid of stuff. Hang on to it because 20 years is going to come back into play. <laughs> uh, speaking of your era, by the way, I want so you're you're uh, talking about how it's the game's changed and you're not into analytics and stuff like that. I feel like one of the main um, casualties of that is the stolen base and you played in in like everybody was running back yeah. then right yeah. like i mean it was ridiculous yeah. uh i mean yeah. the 85 world series was again every single cardinal ran like a 4 3 40 i felt like in the yeah. on that team yeah um how inferior like what was it like pitching when you had these dudes like that you were just like if they get on first base it might be a double like on, Rick, like well, ricky henderson for example yeah in 82 he stole yeah. 130 bases 130 yeah yeah it, it was, I took a lot of pride in holding runners and, um, 
the 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 way I look at it is runners usually don't steal off the catcher. They steal off the pitcher. Mm-hmm. It, it's because of the pitcher and how slow he is getting to the plate, not varying his moves. Um, again, analytics, the study of, of guys now, they should be stealing a lot more. Um, so I, I don't understand why they're not because they can kind of figure out how a pitcher goes about, uh, when he's in the, uh, stretch and Mm -hmm. how, if he doesn't bury his, uh, his looks to home or bury his time that he goes to the plates, stepping off, throwing over, um, it's, it's pretty easy to pick up, um, what the pitcher is kind of doing or falls into. Um, so, um, Lester for that matter. I mean, I don't understand why everybody that gets on first doesn't try to steal off of him. He, he, he won't throw over to first base. He'll step off the mound, but he will never throw over to first base. I, it just, it, it kind of blows me away that guys aren't taken off left and right against him. Um, but yeah, the game is, I would love to see a lot more of that in the baseball um, world right now. I feel like there's one guy who could have had a shot at Ricky Henderson's record. I don't, I don't think there's anybody else, but uh, it was Billy Hamilton. I haven't seen a guy that fast stealing five, six bases a game. Well, His problem was he couldn't hit or, yeah, or get on base. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I when he did get on base. Yeah, if, yeah. It, if it was high school and he could just be a pinch runner for the pitcher all the time or whatever the fuck. I mean, I, I remember in high school we had a guy that set the state record for stolen bases in a season, but he never went up to the plate once. Oh, really? He was, the, he was the pinch runner for our catcher, and our catcher was one of the better players in the state. So he would get on base. I think his on base percentage was like 600 that year. And this guy would just steal bases, steal bases, steal bases. And they would let him just keep subbing in over and over again? Yeah, it was one of the rules in high school. If you had, you could, you could designate a runner, designate a runner for one of the players on the, on the field. Man. Yeah. Yeah, you could light it up with Billy Hamilton. My yeah. God. Yeah, but that's never going to happen. I mean, Ricky Henderson also had, uh, let's see. A couple hundred had, home runs. Yeah, he had 3,000 yeah. 3, hits, 30, 30, 55 hits, yeah. 1,400 RBI. Yeah. Pretty good. How, yeah. Was, how was pitching to Ricky? Uh, he, he, you know, yeah, I don't re- recall tons. I mean, I, I know I faced him tons. I remember more of when he got on base is, is burying my, my looks and keeping him, um, from getting that walking lead. That mm-hmm. was one of his things that he could do better than anybody. The guys wouldn't stop him from, uh, getting that walking lead. And if you're walking, he can just keep going and turning it into a run and get to the base, whether it be second base or third base a lot quicker. So, um, I, and one of the, one of the great stats about Ricky is I think he had more home runs, uh, as a leadoff hitter than anybody uh, has ever had as well. So he has some great numbers and great stats in a hall of fame career for sure. Um, but yeah, that one of the things you never wanted to walk him. You didn't never want to give him that free base to, to actually try to steal second and third base. Yeah. That, that guy was a monster. Um, yeah. <laughs> He did it all. Uh, it was my favorite player's kid just because of the personalities. Again, with the personalities, uh, that was my thing. And that's, that's why I love that era the most. You had George Brett on your team. Um, how was, how was he inside the dugout and off the field? Uh, George was awesome. He was, uh, one of those leaders that led by example, he didn't, uh, he didn't have to call a whole lot of meetings. You, you saw by the way he went out and played on the field, his hustle, his, his work ethic, um, how he uh, approached each and every ball game like it was his last and the same thing with his at bats but uh, one of those guys that just he told him he couldn't do something he was going to prove you wrong Um, but a great teammate he made it 
easier for Mark Gubazon, myself, who came up as non-roster players. Well, Gooby was a, a roster player. I was a non-roster player out of spring training in 1984, but took us to uh, took us in because we didn't have a place to stay because we didn't expect to make the team that year. And let me drive. He, he had a Mercedes and a Bronco. He wouldn't let me drive the Mercedes, but he gave me the Bronco to drive until my uh, vehicle showed up um, uh, about a couple of weeks uh, into the season. Um, but just a great guy. He was there for you. Um, questions. And he, he made you feel like you were part of the team rather than a lot of times where you have those veteran guys going, OK, you've got to earn your way and you've got to spend your time. And, and I'm not going to talk to you until you actually, uh, you know, have a couple of years. And so he was one of those guys that took them, took the younger players under their wings and really showed them the ropes. Well, I think that's a good point. I mean, what's what's the ultimate goal there to uh, maintain the purity of the game or to win fucking baseball games? You know what I mean? Like if you have if you're if you're if you have very talented young players like you and and Goobs were on that team were leaders on that team uh, from a very early period at least as far as as performance on the field what would have been the point of making you feel like less than on the team that doesn't make any sense to me I never understood that like I like yeah. some of the ribbing like if a guy hits his first home run and everybody stays in the dugout and doesn't congratulate that's pretty funny or right. if they hide if they hide right. in, in the in the in the whatever the fuck that that's pretty funny to me. But just being dicks to rookies, making them carry your bags and shit, that's demeaning. That, I don't like that. I never liked that. Even when I was in the Army, when people tried to, like, harass younger people and make them do menial shit for no reason. Like, no, that's when we go to war, you got to fight, too. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, want, yeah. I don't want yeah. you to feel like you're fighting against me and the enemy. You gotta, we're fighting together, man. That shit yeah. doesn't make any Brotherhood. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with you in particular, you, you just said that you, uh, you weren't sure if you were going to make the team. Um, I find it hard to believe that you won two Cy Youngs and didn't think you were going to make the team. Um, I, I, that's the first time I've heard a, a, a multiple Cy Young winner say that. Why, why did you think that at the time? Well, so here's, here's kind of what happened. My, my first year in, uh, in pro ball, I went to um, Florida State League, which was in Fort Myers, Florida. I spent uh, three months there, got called up to double A. So finished off the season in double a the next spring training i got invited as a non-roster player to to go to the big league camp and never expected that just had a good year um, they were looking at me as a prospect a couple guys ended up getting hurt uh, a couple starters dennis leonard and larry gura had some injuries going into that season uh, so my first week in the big leagues, I was 19 years old. I turned 20, April 11th, got a birthday coming up guys. Uh, so <laughs> just, just know that I'm not getting any younger, but, uh, it's so, yeah, Hey, we'll send you, turned... we'll send you a sleeve of dip. You know, what's your, <laughs> what were you dipping back in the day? Well, I, I was, a I was a, a red man guy, mm. um, when I was on the mound, but when I was in the dugout, I would uh, do the skull. There but, we um, go. I've quit. I, I've actually quit. I've, been probably a couple years now that i haven't had a dip or a chew um and my mouth is probably really happy uh as well but uh yeah back in the day it was a big old wad of uh red man while i was on the mound but um yeah so that, that was it was just kind of a right place at the right time and that's not to say that i don't think i would have ever got to the big leagues but uh, at that quickly uh, and at 19 years old, I was very, very surprised. I was hoping to make the triple the A team coming out of spring training and not being sent back to double A. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Cause you know, I feel like all of us here um, have known someone in high school who was a superstar 
kind of gets drafted, never really ends up doing anything, mm-hmm. and uh, d- doesn't think they can make it. And then you meet the guys that, uh, you know, shit, there was one kid I went to school with, he was positive he was going to be a Major League Baseball player, right. and, and he got pretty fucking close. Uh, but then he, he didn't, uh, blew out his arm, you know, same thing. I mean, as, baseball is, is probably more than any other sport is the top 1% of the top 1%, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like for all, there's, there's what's uh, 700 dudes in the major leagues. There's like 3,000 people in the minors, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, a very small percentage of even the best actually make it. And then you think about the people that win a Cy Young Award. Only two, only 16 people in Major League Baseball history have won two. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's <laughs> it's bizarre to think about like how what what the disparity is between people who are truly great at something and then people who are like professionals at right. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And th- in those two years there's a lot of pitchers that had shitty years, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the stats here. You did pretty well. I though. wanted to ask you about this actually cuz your stats in those two years in particular were ridiculous, but you were playing your home games on a carpet. Ugh. Right? How how much do do you think your numbers would have been like improved at all if it was all grass if if the, no one was playing on like how many hits how many outs do you think you lost to playing on astroturf? Well, fortunately, we were pretty strong up the middle, and that's kind of what you, you got to do to be successful in, in baseball. So, catcher, shortstop, second base, and uh, center fielder, you've got to you've got to have those positions with really good talented athletes and I had Willie Wilson in center field tracking down some stuff. There wasn't too many balls that would get to, to, uh, to the gap and through the gap with him out in the center field. He always got a good, good uh, read on, on the balls, but um, we were strong up the middle. So I don't know what the numbers would be, but so anyways, you're talking about having two Cy Young awards. What about the luck of Dave Stewart? You want to talk about a guy that (laughs) had a a brilliant career when he, he had five years in a row that he won 20 games and not one Cy Young award. Yeah. That's just crazy numbers. Yeah. You know? yeah, that's wild. So Stu's a great guy, a good buddy of mine. And I, uh, I give him a, a little grief about that um, all the time. And one of the years was 1989 where um, I won 23 games. I'm not sure what his numbers were, but had a little bit better year than his. It just seemed like every year somebody had just a, a little bit better year than mm. um, he, he got slighted on the Cy Youngs, but a Cy Young award, pitcher in, in his own right well you were both also world series mvp so um, he got his yeah he, he got his and then he also saved the city that year too uh up in oakland that was yes the, that was the craziest shit of what all was time 1990 the earthquake 89, 89, 89 yeah, yeah. The, earthquake, yeah. yeah. The, the, the same year he was talking about yeah um yeah because uh that was uh bash brothers ricky henderson was on that team uh Larusa managing yep up in oakland and uh yeah do you guys keep in touch today and Larusa's up now we, we, we will run into each, uh, each other once in a while. Um, yeah, I got his number in the, in, in the Rolodex, but, uh, it's, uh, we, we catch up periodically. Uh, Chili Davis is a, is a good buddy of mine. So the last time I saw Stu was at Chili's uh, 60th birthday mm. in Napa. So we got a chance to kind of relive a, a few of the older That's moments, awesome. uh, of, uh, us playing ball. So it's always great to see Stu. Yeah. That was my next question. Who, who is your, your homeboys? Who do you still hang with from, from back in the day? Well, Gooby uh, and uh, I are still pretty tight. Uh, he does all the uh, uh, color for the Angels games, and so we we talk periodically. Um, does he get you uh, tickets to see look, Mike Trout? What? what? Does he get you tickets to go see Mike Trout? Right. You should be absolutely. getting free tickets. You can win two signing awards for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, you don't and they're like both a... Philly boys, so they yeah. uh, they they've hit it off pretty good. But 
Yeah, probably Gooby. And Gooby is uh, uh, my my old uh, my my daughter. Um, is, is is he's he's a godfather for Brittany, and she mm. just had a a grand. Uh, well, I have a grand grandson now, so she just had a baby about four days ago. Oh, wow. So we've got three grandkids uh, going on right now. Two uh, from my uh, older son. So uh, Candace and my wife have been busy, uh, kind of uh, trying to get as much grandbaby time as possible. Mm. It's great to be a grandfather because you can get them all wound up and give them right back when you get worn. <laughs> Yeah, that's where my kids are right now. Um, that's exactly what my my parents do. They get them all wound up, and then they give them back to me and my wife, and they're like, "Have fun the rest of the night." And then I, I shoot them a text at ten thirty, and I'm like, "I still can't get them to go to bed." So you look like that grandfather for sure. I could see you packing a little skull, just right right in the right, right in the baby them, lip. He yeah. gives them he gives them the big league chew, yeah. pure sugar, there, yeah. gum. Yeah. Just have fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, they're awesome. So. Uh, yeah, everybody's doing well. Thank God. Uh, hopefully everybody in your families are doing well as well with all this COVID stuff going on. But um, yeah, it's good to be a grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, look, everything's great here. Um, you know, I, it seems I think we've all had it here in the studio. So mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah. We all got uh, vaccinated the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the real way. Yeah. We got yeah. vaccinated the real way. Yeah. So uh, we were all fine. Um, I was like I was like one of the first people like week one when it started, of course. So um, I was. Yeah. Uh, three or four days and I was good to go after that. And then I, I went on with my life. Um, do you collect baseball cards at all? Uh, I have tons of them, but uh, I, yeah, I quit collecting them. I, I've got actually boxes and boxes of uh, tons of baseball cards. And I, there was a, a, I think there's some football that I collected for a period of time and some basketball as well. So uh, yeah, I don't think I ever collected any hockey cards, but um, I've got, I've got boxes of, of them yeah what have you guys got some tons ones that you love uh, yeah they, and i have they're all from the 80s and i feel like yeah. those were the fun ones where uh they used to take fun pictures with like the the big glove or you know yeah uh, somebody had a boa constrictor i think it was uh ron hubbard <laughs> from the braves had a boa constrictor around his neck during his card yeah and and then there was the famous bo jackson one with the bat, bat over his shoulders yep. right yep when well, he played well, for uh, the here game. here's Here's a good good story on uh, Bo because Bo and I used to lock her next to each other and I used to get under his skin pretty easily. And there was one day that I came in and he was in the clubhouse with, he was big into archery. Mm-hmm. He was in the clubhouse, had his uh, target down at the other end and he had his bow out and he was shooting at the target. But on that target was my baseball card. <laughs> I don't know if it was some kind of voodoo trick or something, but he was, uh, I guess he, uh, he, he was a little pissed off at me uh, that particular day for whatever I, pretty funny. I, I did to him. But uh, yeah, he, uh, he was taking target practice at one of my baseball cards. Mm. How is he in real life? Is, is he the greatest athlete that you've ever seen? Because I, I know a lot of players who've played with him have said that of i've never seen a naturally gifted athlete like bo jackson was that was that true was the hype real about bo jackson 100 percent. yeah i i don't i mean even even nowadays i know winfield was a great three sport Mm. player i guess he could have been drafted in football baseball or basketball um uh, number one, I guess. Uh, so, and and then, you know, there's Jim Brown and you can talk about Deion Sanders, Mm -hmm. but Bo Jackson by far for me, and maybe I'm a little biased because I actually played with him, but he just did things that were just silly. And you can still see highlights, um, of the things that he did throwing, uh, throwing out, uh, Harold Reynolds on a three, two count, uh, with two outs and him running at first base on a ball that bounces once, uh, hits the, the, uh, left field uh, fence and 
turns around and throws it to Bob Boone on a, on a line and gets Harold Reynolds out at the plate, running up an outfield wall. I mean, you can talk about things left and right that he did. That was just like super, super stupid. Um, but uh, just an unbelievable athlete. Here's another little good story. So periodically somebody would send in a birthday cake into the clubhouse and you'd always get the younger guys to buy in by saying that we shouldn't eat this because it smells sour. So I got Bo to put his face about two inches close to the cake. And I took with all my strength, my hand on the back of his neck, and I just shoved it down into the cake, but it didn't go into the cake. His face just budged just a a smidge and never got in the cake. So I proceeded to run around this table for my life. And that was probably the quickest that I've ever ran in my life. (laughs) He finally, he finally stops on the other side of the table and without running or jump uh, without running and throwing himself over the table, just by standing still jumped from one side of the table to the other side and grabbed onto me and uh, put me in a headlock and uh, gave me a couple little rib shots. But, um, just an unbelievable athlete to do some of the things that he did. He had just superhuman strength. And I actually never saw him in the, in the, in the weight room working out. It was pretty much all natural. No, I think he just, that's, that was my next question. Yeah. The rumor was he never worked out. No, he just uh, went to his house and uh, walked out into the woods afterwards and ripped animals in half. <laughs> just like, just, I would the, believe just that. like ripped them yeah. in half. And then he ate the animal. Obviously a lot of protein. So. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that dude's like a fucking gladiator. He's, he's, <laughs> One, yes. one of the one yeah. of those people that's just built. Yeah, uh, you, there's, you can't teach that kind of fucking and and his hand eye coordination and stuff like you can't teach that stuff. Man. No, He's, and and I grew up because I'm an Atlanta kid, so I grew up with uh, watching Deion Sanders, right? So I saw him play with the Braves, and I saw him play with the Falcons at the same time, and then obviously you know I saw Bo Jackson play uh, both sports. The difference was Dion was just good enough. At baseball, he was, you know, fast. He could steal bases and he could get on, but he didn't have the skills that Bo Jackson did in baseball. Whereas Deion Sanders was, you know, an unbelievable football player for years and years and years. But I don't think he would have lasted very long doing both the way that Bo Jackson would have had he not gotten hurt. Mm. Yeah, no, I, and not to slight Dion. Dion was a an unbelievable athlete as well and um, multiple sports star. So um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you got to tip your cap to those. Uh, they don't come around very often. No, not at all. Um, uh, you know, you got the one guy here. I, what the closest we have right now, I think um, is the pitcher it's slash hitter for the angels. Sure, yeah, the angels. Yeah. Yeah. A, what are your I, thoughts on, yeah, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Cause being a pitcher, could you imagine hitting, you know, clean up and all that stuff afterwards or what does he hit three or four in he's lineup? in the middle of the lineup yeah uh could yeah, you imagine I, doing that i and- was actually i was watching the dodger angel game yesterday and he came up and hit a line drive back off uh may and almost uh clipped may um who was pitching for the dodgers at the time but um yeah he's he, he's fun to watch uh and hopefully you know his arms completely healed and he's able to uh you know throw a full season because he's fun to watch on the mound you know 100 miles plus and uh, just swinging the bat like it's nobody's business. I yeah. think he's got in spring training. Uh, I think a hit in every game except for one. Yeah. Um, with with a lot of power, it's uh, yeah. So it's a special person right there. He also struck out the reigning MVP and and had a home run off the reigning Cy Young Award winner within a week. Yeah. Which it's spring training, so whatever. But still, what the fuck, man? Yeah. I don't think that uh, no one. I don't think 
maybe anyone has that on their resume. Probably not. No, I can't at, imagine. At I can't imagine how it would have happened unless it was just a fluke thing with a pitcher that happened to tee off on some Cy Young right. guy, right? And that's the only way. So if you have a pitcher that can hit like that, that's that guy can swing the bat. You don't have to worry about getting a Well, DH I mean, he's in, he's in the American that. League, right? We talk about this all the time. I don't understand why the Angels have used him the way they do. Uh, I don't understand why he would even be considered as a starting pitcher. He should be a DH every single day, and he should be their closer, and he should come into the game late in the game, and if you lose him or have to sub him into the outfield or wherever after that, if things go wrong, then that's how it is. But using him as a starting pitcher, you you can talk about this. You guys are nah, you guys are creatures of habit. I'm on board habit. with that theory. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You guys yeah. you guys are creatures of habit. You go through the same routine. You want to be on a five day or what four day rotation back in your day in some cases, but a four man rotation rather. But you want to be on the same because you want your body and mind to be in peak physical performance condition for that event right there for that night or that day, whatever it happens to be. Going back and forth between. I mean, he's. Going back and forth between having to, to, to hit and concentrate on uh, 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 looking into the pitchers you're going to be facing and stuff like that, the lefties and the righties, the strategy, how the positioning is going to happen, all that stuff, and then doing the same thing as a pitcher at the same time. No fucking way you're going to be, be able to do that as a starting pitcher. I don't believe it. I don't think the human brain can handle that. Most- well, and, and now the fortunate thing that he has now is that they don't let him go as long in the game and throw as many pitches. But as, as a starting pitcher, I know that after I throw a game, my arm is going to be very stiff that next day mm-hmm. and to swing a bat and be as loose as you should be to swing a bat is, is not going to be there the following day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, and again, now that you got some, so many different types of treatment, uh, hyperbaric chambers, mm-hmm. you've got, uh, you know, all kinds of things going on in the training rooms that can actually get you loose and get you feeling better in a quicker period of time. So your recovery time is a lot quicker, but, uh, yeah. So uh, back in the day, I don't think he would be able to do that. And I'm not, I, I would be curious to hear what his average pitch count is, but I would think the following day, he's got to be a really stiff swing in the bat. Brett, we got some sponsors that pay for this show to be on the air. MyBookie.com. Whether you're a basketball fan or just a fan of sports in general, everyone knows that March is the time for college ball to shine. With MyBookie, there is no shortage of opportunities to cash in. Play in the MyBookie bracket contest for a chance at huge cash prizes or pick spots with individual tournament games, which I love, uh, championship futures or in-game live betting, which Hot Bob and Fake Dan are the messiahs of. If college ball isn't your style, take a swing at the Major League Baseball lock of the season with a bet you simply cannot lose. Uh, My bookie has lowered the over-under on runs, that's the total of runs, uh, to .5 for the opening day matchups between uh, the Dodgers and the Rockies. That's the Dodgers and the Rockies. And since there are no ties in baseball, all you got to do is get in a bet to win. Sign up today at mybookie.ag and use the promo code DRINKINGBROS to secure your first deposit up to $1,000. That's promo code DRINKINGBROS to claim your free cash bonus today and... Add even more excitement to the sports you already love. That's right. And you can bet with or against us. I would not bet against Ross lately. My You've God. You've been lighting these guys up. My, we're we're going to get a letter from my bookie. Oh. And it's not even going to be like a letter. It's just going to say, hey, bro, what the fuck? Dude. Can you stop with it? We did, this, we did the same thing. $7,000. The I national championship of Clemson won. Yep. Ross and I both bet it at 18 to 1. Uh, before, before the season, the season started. For yeah. who? 
for Clemson. Clemson. And, and oh, the, the, the year that Clemson won, we bet I put three grand on an eighteen to one. Yeah. Before the season started, and that was our first year with my bookie. That must have been like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I, I know we won. I think we me? won a total of forty eight thousand dollars off yeah. of that. But it was preseason. That was our pick of the yeah. year. Yeah. And then we just went all in and we did it. Um. And then this year, man, I've been riding Gonzaga crazy. I I know that's you know yeah. a trope at this point, but uh, dude, they have beaten every single first half. Should I be telling this about my bookie? Sorry, my bookie. Yeah, I don't. Whatever. I don't care. I'm trying to take you down. Um, they've won every single first half and then whole game. So I've been betting the first half on Gonzaga, yeah, and then the full game on Gonzaga. They have smoked everybody, and and they have not just doubling missed. down. Man. Yeah, they, yeah. They beat USC by the same amount they beat Pacific by earlier <laughs> in the year. Yeah, USC who looked on fire against everyone else. They're. Uh, they're 14 point favorites against UCLA right now. Mm-hmm. And I think they might win by 30. I, what about that UCLA Michigan situation? I'm My sure God. you were at least some, somewhat happy about that, right? Come on. I was unbelievably happy. The, the, here's the honest disclosure because uh, a buddy of mine had called Alexander. I think people know him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had called on the way home and I was, I was checking on the house and he goes, Holy shit, dude. You just won like seven grand off Gonzaga because mm-hmm. we always post it in Drinking Bros Sports. I post the bets every day. Uh, in our Facebook group. It's private. Anybody can join. So just sign up and you can see our actual bets every single day in there. Um, and he goes, holy shit, you just won seven grand off Gonzaga. He goes, dude, who are you taking in the Michigan UCLA game? And I was like, man, let me check the point spread. And I had to go into the house uh, and, and check on the contractor. But full disclosure, I, my money would have gone on Michigan. It was only six and a half. And I thought for sure they would smoke UCLA. I didn't get a chance to watch one single play of that game until he called me on the way home. And he said, holy shit, Michigan lost. And I was like, what was the score? And he goes, dude, it was 51 to 49. Yeah, pure under porn, <clears throat> as we like to say. Yeah. It was 100 points. What, yeah. what were they playing? It was like Hoosiers. Pro- the the uh, over-under was probably like at least 118, if not 125 or somewhere in that UCLA usually has a fairly low over-under because they pl- that's how they play. But so a, they- a, a, a typical over-under in college right now for the tournament so far has been about 132 to 134, right? right? So yeah. they're going to be in like the high 110s, of 118 probably around there. Well, 100? You, yeah. That's not even fucking close. No. I, and I, I almost didn't believe it. And I pulled it up on my phone. And sure enough, that's what happened. And I was like, look, I'm, I was heading back to the hotel. I was like, I'll, I'll put on the, uh, the highlights when mm-hmm. I get there, the lowlights of that game. <laughs> Michigan had clean looks at, at, at two three-pointers at the end of that game. The one that uh, their guard missed, I forget his name, was literally, I texted you this last night, it, it was as accurate as a miss could be. Yeah. It yep. was so close sometimes it just doesn't go in yeah yeah but there do seem to be people where it always goes in michael jordan is a freshman hitting that wing jumper right yeah to seal that victory him shooting over uh byron russell to hit that jumper it seems like whenever jordan did it it worked yeah maybe that's i don't know what that is robert ory for the robert (laughs) exactly exactly Uh, so uh, you know with that um you know since we're here talking about my bookie um I'm going, I'll go ahead and make my bets now, my, my bookie bets now uh, on this okay. show because it'll, be, it'll air this weekend and it's my son's birthday, so I'm going to be okay. flying home for it. Um, I'm going to go first half Gonzaga again, whole game Gonzaga again because I think they win by 20 points. Well, that's the thing. They've been bombing everyone and the first half line is always just literally 50% of what yes. the line yeah. is. Yep. Um, and then Baylor, when I checked last night on my bookie, it's it was m- five and a half. Is that still? Let me look on it's my about, bookie yeah, again. I think it, is it is five and a half. And I think the over, no, I think the over under is, is, is uh, 134. Yep. Okay. So if, if it is five right now, yeah. um, last night it was five and a half. So people are betting Houston and they believe in Houston. I've no, fl- it's still five and a half. 
Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. And it's 135 now. The over under went up a point. Okay. So people are betting the over on that game, which is makes sense because Houston can score, right? Mm-hmm. And Baylor can get hot too. I mean, Baylor's got their guards are fast as fuck, man. Holy shit, they just can't shoot free throws. Yeah. If they if they if Baylor hit the the league average was about seventy eight percent of your free throws for guards. Yeah. Uh, in college basketball, they would they would not lose a single game probably ever. But no, and and for that reason, um, you know, I know we said this at the top of the year, and uh, and we're sticking with it. It it was Gonzaga and Baylor and everyone else, and that's what we said before this season fucking started. Yeah, um, yep. and that is exactly what happened. That's why I don't really feel bad about Ohio State or anybody else because I don't think any of those teams, any of those teams, are even close to the caliber that Gonzaga and Baylor are this year. No. and I just hope we get to see that as the championship game. And this is also the first year we're getting to see the fruition of the one and done. This is the real fruition. Look at the teams yep. that are in here. UCLA is the only big name team in this fucking final four right now. And but they're not really a big name team like they used to be. They don't, yeah, they don't have big names on the team. No, they don't. So we're looking at fucking four mid-major teams basically at this point yeah. uh, that are, I mean, they're, they're do- they not only have they made it to the final four, but most of them have dominated their way to the final four. Kentucky is done. Kansas, done. UNC, Duke, done. Unless they change the way they fucking recruit over there, right? I mean, yeah. it's just not ever going to work out for them again, which is, you know, I don't really give a shit one way or another, but it is what it is, right? You would think those programs would start trying to weave their way back into success somehow. Yeah, I just think they're going to have to change the mentality of, of the way they recruit and everything else going yeah. forward, but I like it. it it's, been, it's great for college basketball. It's great for, for sure, college yeah. basketball. It's been fun to watch. And uh, I look, I haven't seen Waco on fire like that since David Koresh. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, where's the fucking soundboard fake? Danny, no, where is shit? it? Where is it? So oh, I, that, that's where all my money is going. Yeah. Um, this weekend, I will probably pre bet that uh, tonight and then drop that in Drinking Bros Sports on Facebook. You can also, if you really feel froggy about it, uh, I picked Baylor before the season started. I've already got one bet on them, but I'm thinking about doubling. It's, it's plus 325 for them to win the title right now. That's not a bad bet. It's three, it's three to one. Yeah. It's I mean, great. That's, that's anything can happen. And that once you get to that last game, anything can happen. I agree. I don't think the fab five necessarily should have lost to UNC that year. I thought they should have done better right. mm-hmm. and they didn't. Right. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. Or, you know, the, you, same the, with the, UNLV. Yeah. Same say, with UNLV. UNLV yeah. That's the, that's probably the best comp for this Gonzaga team. Yeah. Right. Cause and, they kind of came out of nowhere, have a great team, but no pedigree. Yeah. Not, people will challenge whether that matters or not. And for Gonzaga, maybe it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't that 80 fucking five. Kansas City Royals World, World Series team we were been talking about today. Not really a whole lot of championship pedigree on that team, right? Yeah. But they got it done. Some, maybe Gonzaga will get it done. But there's always a chance they don't. I think 3-1 to one's good enough odds for me to lay a bet on Baylor. Value pick is yeah. what uh, fake Dan calls it. And, and I agree with you because if they do match up, anything can happen in that game. Even Houston's kind of close at, at plus 750. UCLA is plus 2600. And now that's because they're going up against Gonzaga, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. they don't really belong there right they're the, they're the they're the notre dame of the cfp yeah, yeah. let's they're, be real they're also missing it's like their runs incredible too because they're missing their two best players yeah yeah and they have been for a while yeah yeah so, so good for them yeah i mean they're fun and and i will say like the only way you're gonna beat gonzaga is if you muck it up against them you cannot beat them in a track meet and ucla mucks it up but you know what gonzaga scored 100 on fucking virginia yeah yep who it, their whole 
thing is to muck it. I, Baylor's going to definitely try to get them in foul trouble early. That's their whole game plan. It's got to be, right? Attack, Even if attack. they don't, yeah, attack, attack, attack all the time. Like They're going to want to attack in half court, not full court, obviously. Because uh, if you get into a full court running match with Gonzaga, you might be in trouble. I, well, if there's anyone that'd be okay, it'd be Baylor. Maybe, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That, that'll be, well, we'll see if that game even happens. We don't know yet. Yeah, yes. I, I'm scared about the Houston-Baylor matchup. Uh, big difference in Ken Palm between Vegas and Ken Palm. What's this. Ken Palm say? It's Three? a one-point line on oh, Ken one. Palm, and it's a five-point line on, on from Vegas, yeah. which is uh, Ken a huge discrepancy. Yes, yes Ken Palm's typically more accurate, too. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, I've not believed in Houston all the way here. It's <laughs> yeah. the only money I've lost besides day one. Um, day one... Once I figured out it was going to be an underdog year, I switched all my bets day two going forward and have housed in every single round except for Houston. I have not been able to figure out. I just didn't believe in them at all. I don't blame you. Yeah. They're, they're anonymous. Yeah. yeah. Strange. But uh, they're, like, they're, they're like that in football, too. And every now, every now and again, just because they prioritize athleticism, kind of like Florida does, but a little bit better, frankly, these days in Florida. They will. They can score, and pretty much every sport they play in, even in baseball, they score well. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's an athletic school. What are you going to say about that? Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Brewbag. Yeah, Brewbag. Anthony, Brewbag.com, B-R-U-B-A-G.com. We've got our own custom boards there. Yeah, it's coming up. Yes. Uh, they're, they're in the mix now. I, are they sold out, Dan, or are we still uh, no, good to go? No, they're not sold out. Yeah, okay. we, I think we sold 50 over the weekend, actually. Yeah, they, look, they, there's a bunch of them, man, and uh, they, were, they were kind enough to, to let us partner up with them and make us our own personalized uh, brew bag sets. Grab yours today, and then we'll play you once uh, COVID is over and we are back to tailgating yeah. and partying in your area. They're really easy to travel with. I mean, they're made out of really sturdy wood, but it's not cumbersome. It's not huge. It comes apart. The legs come out, so you can pack it all together yep. and bring it with. It's it's super nice. You can play cornhole or uh, our standing version of beer pong, yeah, which we it's, like. It's called brew bags. So yeah. Brew bag is the name of the game, and basically what it is is uh, you know, you – have the same number of holes in the in the cornhole board as you have cups mm-hmm. in a in a game of uh, 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 beer pong, and you throw the bag at it, then you pick your cup up and drink if the other guy hits. Like you, there's for these days where there's a lot of regulations about people touching stuff and all that nonsense that's going on. If you're going to be in public somewhere like that, this is a game you can actually play without violating any of those rules. You can use the code Drinking Bros get a little discount on yeah that go to brewbag.com before these sell outs um big fan and uh we'll be playing you when we come to a city near you last but not least drinkingbros.com all the merch is in including the drinking bros sports shirts are in um finally in the store we also got those Pornhub shirts live too yeah those are live the ignore everyone deployed shirts are live uh the apac stuff is going to be coming on soon we also have I have hoodies on the way to me right now to make sure that they're quality enough to be uh, used by us, and they'll be out here in the next week or two as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. So the merch is out. Uh, Go to drinkingbros.com today. Uh, Click that merch button, and you can find all of our new items there the uh the gay, the gay for straight shirts have been going real fast. yeah especially now that chuck liddell's wearing it around out in public that's so funny <laughs> like somebody might feel some kind of way about that but literally zero of them are going to say a goddamn right. word to chuck liddell about it yeah yeah, yeah. not so, one not one person no. he loved that shirt by the way exactly uh brett we appreciate you letting us get through this here and uh and and pay for the show for sure i mean and if that's the case then you're i mean maybe, maybe that's just a, a reflection of what people expect out of starting pitchers these days 
like a quality start is still five and two thirds innings and less than or three runs or less, right? That's a think, quality start. Is it five and two thirds or just five? No, it's yeah. five. Okay. Well, it's five and two thirds innings and, and three runs or less. Um, now I don't know. You you had like eight, almost eighty complete games in your career. No pitcher that's starting pitching right now that's just coming up will ever get eighty complete games. Not a fucking prayer. There's no chance. They're also never going to get close to 300 wins and he was laughing at you dan when you were saying the 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 game was five and two thirds because what what did you average uh night in and night out what do you think you average inning wise so here here's here's another good story i have no idea what i average but uh, i'll tell you give me a second okay um storm davis got um traded over to us i'll tell you two quick stories on on the amount of innings that we felt so storm davis got traded over to us from the uh A's, uh, I forget what year it was, and we always called um, Storm uh, five and fly guy. So he'd pitch five innings, and then for whatever reason, he would be out of the game. You know, whether <laughs> I don't know whether injury or whatever, they just decided to make a change. Nowadays, that's completely acceptable, but mm. back then, um, so we actually gave him a little little crap about that, and he got pissed off. He goes, "I don't know," and it's like, well. Just kind of look at your numbers. We've been watching for a long time. And then Kevin Apier, um, who was a great pitcher in his own um, with the Royals, and he came up as a rookie. And he came out of a game, I think, after five or six innings, and he had the lead. And um, we ended up blowing, uh, I guess, they, the, the whoever came in gave up his lead, so he got a no decision. And he was pissed off after the game. And I went up to him, got in his face. I said, listen, you can't expect to get a win if you can't complete a game. So don't don't get pissed off whoever comes in behind you. If you if you want to make a difference, then then close it out. Finish off what you started. So yeah. and George used to come over and yell at me. I was one of those guys that I didn't like to be patted on the back. I liked somebody to get in my face and give me a challenge. Mm-hmm. And George would do that. He he came over a couple of times, you know, late in the game, seventh, eighth inning, and go, you know, if you get into a tight situation, he says, You better get your shit together. Somebody's gonna come out of that bullpen and screw it up for you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. Uh the five or six innings I I quality start. Um, yeah, I I'm calling my initials on that BS. Yeah, you're, so your average in your two Cy Young seasons uh, was about seven and a half, give or take, seven and a half innings per start, um, which is about what it should be. Yeah. I mean, to be honest. No. Yeah. What it, so this, these guys are from your era. Tom House and, uh, and Nolan Ryan, they, they ran these pitching academies. Obviously, everybody knows who Tom House was. Or, uh, Nolan Ryan, Tom House was his pitching coach, a former lefty uh, in the Rangers organization. Uh, he would always say that your arm is going to rust before it wears out. There, there is a hundred years of baseball proving that to be true. Guys with long ass careers that threw long ass innings, and all of a sudden, uh, people are just like the human body is the best it's ever been right now. Training is the best it's ever been, and somehow these dudes can't go fucking seven innings. Like, what's what? What do you think is happening there? Is it just low risk tolerance? Can they go seven? They're just not allowed to, or what's going on there? Yeah, they're pretty much not allowed to, and some sometimes, uh, you know, their hands are tied. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's 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 kind of crazy. And the other thing that you know the um, uh, analytics are talking about is, as soon as you face that lineup for the third time, when that third time the lineup changes and. Um, that's when you take out the starting pitcher because that's when they kind of start to give up some runs. Right. Um, so that's, that's part of the reason why the guys are getting taken out so early is because analytics say that third time around, they're going to get to you. What about the contracts? Um, because right now it's the highest they've ever been for starting pitchers. You know, what was Clayton Kershaw's, uh, 
180, I think. Yeah, massive, right? I think that's part of it as well, where they don't, their money is so invested in, in, in a couple, a couple good starting pitchers that if they lose one of these guys, they would rather shorten the innings versus uh, financially losing them for the rest of the season. Do you think that has anything to do with it? Yeah, I'm sure it does. You gotta, and it's, that's kind of that fine line where I I call BS on that as well. You kind of whip your horse as long as you possibly can. And I know I've seen Kershaw out on the mound watching games and see him getting pissed off that he's getting taken out in the seventh inning or whatever it is. And he wants to go longer and uh, the, you know, the numbers and the analytics and the front office is saying that it's time for him to come out. So um, I appreciate uh, uh, Clayton. Uh, His, his career has been unbelievable uh, and what he's done. And it was great to see him finally win a world series because you you got guys that go, you know, maybe a a career and they don't, they don't get a chance to win a championship and whatever, uh, uh, you know, baseball, football. Also, it was great to see him finally get a a world championship and actually, um, get a couple of wins. So, um, yeah, yeah it, uh, that was kind of a knock against him where he's probably the one of the best Dodgers of all time, let alone uh, baseball. His numbers are just ridiculous and he never walks anybody. His strikeouts to, to walks is, is another crazy number. So fun to watch. One of those guys, Bumgarner, another guy that comes to mind that just mm-hmm. wants the ball and yep. he'll go, go 10 innings if you, if, if you let him. you know, speaking of the world series, uh, I'm from St. Louis, and not my, to brag. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, is that a brag? brag. No, is that it's a not brag? a brag. <laughs> no, it's definitely not a brag. Uh, so I have a couple questions. I wasn't born yet. I was born the year after this World Series, but uh, both my parents are, are monstrous Cardinals fans, uh, and this was probably the World Series that sticks out to them losing, you know, the most more than the Red Sox in '04 or the Twins in '87. Uh, and you won the MVP for that 1985 World Series. I have a couple, couple questions about this. Number one, did you guys care at all that you were playing an in-state rival in 85? Uh, it was pretty cool. I, I think our, our sentiment was we don't care who we play just mm-hmm. as long as we get there. So, but, yeah, it was kind of, kind of nice uh, to, to not have to travel too far. And, um, yeah, uh, I, I remember there was a few people that took the governor's train from Kansas City to um st louis and they would say each city that you went to you would start out from leaving kansas city and there'd be everybody that you would see at the station was all wearing blue and then halfway through you would see you know blue and red and then by the time you got to st louis it would be a sea of red everybody supporting their team so uh yeah it was it, it didn't matter who we played we were just happy to be there and then obviously i have to ask uh is don deckinger the real mvp <laughs> of that world um, series you know you you could say it was uh, a multitude of things but um uh, they still had a, a, the ability to get another out um and they weren't able to do that they dropped the ball by the dugout and we actually had a little round table with uh, a few of the cardinal guys um a few years ago when there's a few of the the guys from uh, kansas city and uh, we um talked about all the things that happened after that. And, um, it, they basically said, Hey, you, you can't blame Don Denkinger. You got to blame the, the pitchers that were had the ball that could have actually closed that game out 
or right. the catch by the by the dugout. Well, so, but again, yeah, Don Denkinger definitely helped out. But um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they co- blew they blew co- MVP maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they blew a three one lead in the series, right? So I mean, it's not like it really. And then you guys kicked the shit out of them the next game. Like it wasn't even the game you you pitching against him. But I do I do want to know like you guys were right there on the first baseline for that was your dugout, correct? What was, yeah, the, what was I, the reaction honestly, when that happened? I honestly thought he got the call right. And then as everybody, if you watch it on replay, um, yeah, obviously it was yeah, a, yeah. a bad call. As there's no two ways about well, it. Of all, um, of but all, uh, of yeah, honestly, I thought he made the right call when I, when I was in the dugout. Right. But, um, yeah, that's why I'm not an umpire. Of all, <laughs> of all the officiating crews that exist in professional sports, baseball umpires get it right way more than anybody else. Statistically, I think 93% of all their calls are correct. I yeah. mean, that, that's pretty, for, for as things without replay on certain things, right? This, this is without replay to get them right 93% of the time. That's an incredible amount. Um, now, unless it's uh, LeVon Hernandez pitching against the Braves, God. where he's throwing oh, a curveball that ends up four feet outside. <laughs> like, what was that? Yeah. The, was it the NLCS in 97? Yes. Yeah, yeah that I was, know. holy shit. Uh, that was one of the worst days of my life. Yeah. yeah. I, Because I, we're all Braves what fans. A, we're all Braves, we're all Braves fans, fans up here, but. All right. What about the the pitcher from Detroit that had the perfect game oh, going? Man. Galarraga. Galarraga. Yeah. Armando Galarraga. Oh, Son of That's a bitch. Definitely got to be a little asterisk. Wait, was that um, Angel Hernandez who did that? No. Who was it? Because Angel Hernandez is the worst uh, yeah. umpire in the history of baseball. It was that guy's Joe, a piece of shit. It wasn't Joe West, was it? No, it wasn't Joe West. I think no. it might have been the black guy. What's his name? Uh, Laz Diaz. Was it Laz Diaz? I'm, I got to go. Huh? Oh, oh, it was, was Joe, Joe West. West. Okay, yeah, 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 Joe West, yeah. young man. That's a very common. You sure about that? It, I, Joe was at first? Uh, I, I like how he's, he's fact-checking you, fake Dan. I got a... We, we've, got, we've got nine computers going Jim, here. Jim Joyce. <laughs> Jim, Jim Joyce. There it is. There uh, it is. Jim, Jim Joyce. You were wrong, is fake it, Dan. What are you screaming fake, out? Yeah. Fake, you've got, you're the only one over there supposed to be looking shit up, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim Joyce, by the way, very, very good umpire. And I'm sure he hates the fact that he was involved in that. And to be honest... Uh, man, they should go back and change that because it's it didn't it wouldn't have affected the game. Anything. The it outcome affect of the anything. game. No. Yeah. Just go back man. and change it. I don't know why they didn't. That sucks. Because how many? What have there been like twenty three perfect games in the history of baseball? Something, something like that. Twenty four like maybe. Yeah, and that's yeah. something you not you, you might many. not ever get back. You you never had a perfect game. You right? had a no hitter. Yeah, I had a no hitter, but I can't. I, I, I again came close. Doesn't count. So uh, yeah. hand grenades, tiddlywinks, so on and so forth. Twenty three. Uh, yeah, hmm. seven and two thirds. I think I got. Uh, I had perfect. Um, against the Brewers one year, but um, yeah, no, that uh, it's yeah, you, it's it's unbelievable. Talk, let's um, talk about that no hitter. At what point during the game did your uh, teammates stop talking to you? Because uh, the, ni- the nineties were way more. Wanted to talk. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I I never liked to stay by myself. So, uh, fly ball hit to left field. I think it was a fifth inning, and mm. Kirk Gibson was playing left field, and he botched it off his glove, and um, they called it an error. So that was kind of could be an asterisk for me but in a good way i guess um anyways um he came in after the fifth and he said after they screwed that call up you better throw a damn no hitter <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was so kirk, it, kirk I, gibson not superstitious is what you're saying because most baseball no, players no, no, would no, never say something like that but <laughs> i actually that was the the only the i probably the last game that i i actually had a no hitter going in uh, for a long period of time mm-hmm. and i actually after the seventh inning was done, I knew I had six outs, but I didn't want to look at it at six outs. I, I um, kind of just started going, okay, let's take it pitch by pitch and right. we'll set, set up the hitter 
pitch to pitch, not uh, not out to out. And, and instead of trying to think about I got six outs to get or five outs to get or four outs to get, I focused on each and every pitch. So I don't know if that made a difference or not, but I was able to get through the next two innings um, oh. thinking of, uh, of it that way rather than outs. So you came up originally, what was your first year? in um, 1984 84 you were 19 years old right in 84 Correct. so who are your uh like these days if a kid comes up uh at that age or at any age actually there are decades of baseball that's on that's been on television for them to watch they have they're a fan of a certain team there are people who they model their game after who was it for you who did you grow up watching because you grew up in in chicago right in that area I, I did. I, I was a big fan of uh, the late 60 Cubs. So mm-hmm. um, I was a big Cub fan. That's rough. Uh, first big league <laughs> game I ever went to was at Wrigley Field. And then when I moved out to L.A., I became a Dodger fan and became okay. fans of, uh, you know, the uh, Balance Wheel and all the, those guys, yeah. yeah, the, the, the 70 Dodgers, yeah. you know, the mid 70 Dodgers and that. So, uh, yeah, I just I, I like I like players. Well, I, uh, is there any particular I, player that you modeled your game after or who you learned lessons from or who you respected more than others? Um, no, I just, I always kind of felt that, uh, I learned it. Here's, here's, here's the way, way I kind of learned how to go about whatever you want to do in life, not just baseball, but as a kid, I was the best player on my team, my first year. So, um, I, uh, I went into that, uh, off season in California, you could play baseball year round. Right. I decided that I didn't need because it was need to work out or practice or do any of that stuff for the, before the next season. Well, we moved. So I was going to a different league. Nobody knew who I was. So I wasn't on a team. I had a tryout. I went through tryouts, swinging and missing. I think I fouled one pitch off out of 10. I uh, feel the balls at shortstop. By the time I knocked them down uh, and threw them over to first base, they would be wide. I think I, I caught a few in the outfield, dropped a few in the outfield, went home crying. And at that age, my mom said, if you're going to be successful, you got to work at it. And so I try to preach. It doesn't matter whether it's baseball or anything. If you want to be good at something, you got to work at it. You got to work a lot at it to be good at it. So um, that's what I kind of learned at an early age and not modeling or hearing anything off of other people, but I just didn't want to embarrass myself anymore. But my favorite player, I used to love Jose Cardinale. He played right field for the Cubs. He had the big old, uh, uh, fro going yep. in his, I mean, his hat would, I don't know how his hat got on his head with his hair being so big. Yeah. And he just had this, this little waddle that he would, you know, he'd run and a, he was, he was fun to watch for me. Um, but again, he had Ernie Banks and Billy Williams and Billy Williams would, uh, on the on deck circle, he would sit there and he would, he would spit and he would swing his bat and hit his spit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. So those guys, Ron Sano, um, mm-hmm. Uh, Don, uh, who was Bert, Bert Hooten was on the mound, Fergie Jenkins, um, uh, Don Kessinger at short. Um, so just a, a lot of uh, fun guys that I love to watch. Anybody ever love baseball more than Ernie Banks? Is that even possible? Let's play too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like he was playing, let's, let's be real. I know you're a Cubs fan, so I don't have to tell you this, but it, there he had a rough couple of hundred years there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and still he was up motivated to play every single day. That's a dude that loves fucking playing yeah. baseball. Right. Ricky Henderson yeah. was the opposite. Ricky Henderson would say, Ricky, don't get paid for extra innings. <laughs> yep. yeah. And, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he would also, I mean, like, seriously, he plays He would say it in a third person, David Cross, a comedian happened upon Ricky Henderson's phone number one time and called it just so he could record the outgoing voicemail, which is Ricky said his full name, not Ricky, not, not Hendy or not, not whatever yeah, the yeah, fuck. Yeah. He said Ricky Henderson about four times in his outgoing voicemail. Uh, that's great. I mean, that, he is the man he is, right? He's a Hall of Famer. What are you going to do? He is. Yeah. We're, we're big Ricky fans. Um, and, you know, the, the guy that was in his era, 
that I wanted to ask you about on this that World Series team that didn't get to play, who was like Ricky Henderson, was Vince Coleman. Was that the year that the yeah. tarp rolled up on him in that freak accident and he didn't get to play in the World Series? Fucked up his Achilles. Yeah, right? yeah. Vince and I are. Uh... Our, our good buddies and we played together with the Mets, but he would always say, yeah, if I was in that series, it would have been completely different. And we would have walked away with it. I said, Hey, if you can't outrun a tarp, then you're not that <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Vince Coleman had a hundred steals in three separate seasons. It's him and Ricky. And then some guy, another Billy Hamilton for the 19th century though. Yeah. That did that. Yeah. Right? Cause I'm looking at this lineup and I'm just trying to think back here. Like Willie McGee, yeah. Ozzy Smith was yeah. hitting two. Yeah. Tommy Hur, Jack Clark was hitting four. But Ozzy wasn't exactly hitting the ball, but he is the wizard, right? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, he hit 280 that year. I think. Yeah. Um, he, was, he hit a home run to take yeah. uh, the, yeah. to the, to the, the World Series. Dodgers I, to get to the, yep. to the World Series. That was, I, as a what, fetus, I was in attendance at that game. No, that game, was 85. Game six, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Game six. Go yeah. crazy, folks. Yeah, yeah go, go crazy. crazy. Uh, Tito Landrum was hitting fifths. Uh, uh, Cesar Cedeno. I mean, you had Terry Pendleton hitting seventh in that line. And he won the MVP in 90 with the Braves, right? Like a couple years later, 91. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was Keith Hernandez on that team as well? Uh, or no? no. No. He wasn't on that no, team. No, he was yet. not. Or was already gone. He was on the Mets, yeah. yeah he was on the Mets he, until. He, he was on the Cardinals and then the Mets. Cardinals, I think. yeah. I think he left the Cardinals in like 83 or something okay. like that, yeah. Yeah, if, oh, man, with Vince Coleman, that would have been a nasty also. one. Um, I, I remember seeing that and I was like, yeah, the, the tarp had rolled over him. How does that even happen? Were you there? Were you on the field during that? No, that was I think the 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 uh, National League Championship Series um, when that happened. Um, so we weren't, yeah, we weren't already playing. The, it happened before our series and that, but yeah, we were just trying to. We we're scratching our heads. It's like, how do you get rolled, run over by a tarp? Yeah, <laughs> but it's an automatic. It was an automatic tarp that actually came up from the, underneath the ground. Oh shit! And it um. would roll out, but there was an alarm or sound to it. But he was stretching, and I don't know what he what he was doing not paying attention or what but uh yeah it didn't stop and it just rolled up on his uh, leg and broke it oh that's God. yeah that I, I, I couldn't remember if it was nlcs or, or right before the world series but uh yeah that's that's hilarious that he keeps reminding you that um were you yeah. with george brett the night he pooped his pants at the bellagio uh no but um yeah it, it never gets uh never gets old hearing about how first <laughs> shifts himself at least once a year. <laughs> oh, you know it couldn't have happened to a better yeah, guy it's, too. It's That's like, so yeah, funny. Yeah, I I I sharted, you know. I was like I went to fart and yeah. <laughs> and he he just he loves telling the stories. He goes, yeah. does everybody does it at least once a year? Oh, come yeah. on. A <laughs> year? Yeah. I, I think George maybe not once every year, but come on. <laughs> I no lie, I probably watched that video. It might be twice a year now. He's getting up there in age. That's yeah, true, yeah. yeah. Somebody check on George Brett. All right, Jesus. I, I watched that video probably once a year. Just uh, it's one of the best of all time. It was one of the first ones where they, you know, memed it and remixed it mm -hmm. with a with a techno beat and everything, <laughs> and like it was playing in the clubs and all that stuff. Right, do you still chat with him? I talk to George every once in a while. Usually, uh, get down to spring training, but mm -hmm. since everything's been kind of shut down a little right. bit. Uh, haven't gotten uh, uh, around to seeing him lately, but we'll we'll catch up. It's it's like we never lose a beat when we uh, when mm -hmm. we talk. But uh, haven't talked to uh, as I call him Lou. He's nicknamed after he used to love Looney Tunes cartoons, so his nickname's Lou. So I haven't talked to Lou in a while, but um, uh, doing great, doing a lot of good stuff, helping out the Royals in their front office. Well, speaking of doing good stuff, you've got a lot of charity stuff going on that we want to talk about before we get out of here. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about your charity? It's called uh, Saves Wings, I believe. 
Absolutely. I appreciate you guys bringing that up. It's uh, near and dear to uh, my wife and I, Candace, who has gone through uh, three diagnoses of breast cancer and Mm. has gone through treatment for each one of those. And uh, it reoccurred the the last time. So she had to do another treatment. But what we've created is, uh, in the word financial uh, medical toxicity, um, is meaning that a lot of people go and everybody knows somebody that has that cancer, mm. whether it be family or friends. Everybody has somebody that they know that is close to them that has gone through cancer. But the cancer um, is tough when you can't get your bills paid. So we're created the saves wings foundation and you can go to saveswings.com and learn more about it. But we've created this to help families in need we don't feel any family should have to make a decision whether they are going to pay their household bills or pay for their medical. So, and when you got kids that are involved and you got your son or your daughter that are going through cancer and cancer treatments. And, you know, there's some treatments that uh, Candace, she went through there. It was costing $20,000 a month. Um, It actually glad that we, she was able to do that. And actually it it helped her out and get rid of the cancer. Um, So um, we're trying to help families. And uh, there's a lot of people that can't, afford to pay for these treatments. So we're trying to find families and help these families out um, and, and pay their medical bills, whether it be medicals or their, their household bills. Um, but we're trying to make a difference that way. But we have a cool events coming up in September in Paso Robles, California. If you go to the website, you can find out more about that. But we've got a singer-songwriter dinner, giving away some uh, uh, money to some families. And um, uh, Chef Roshni is coming in and creating an unbelievable dinner. And we've got a golf event the next day. Um, and she's also doing cooking classes. Uh, so there's going to be up soon different sponsorships and different ways that you can help out um, us helping these families. So I appreciate you guys bringing that up yeah, because it's sure. near, near our heart. Yeah, I mean, what's the website again? Share the website again. Saveswings.com. S-A-B-E-S-W-I-N-G-S.com. Great. We'll put that in the description. Uh, And also, you know, just to to hammer on that point, something like 82 to 85%, depending on the year of all bankruptcies declared by private citizens in the United States, are declared because of unpaid medical expenses, Mm -hmm. right? This is a major fucking issue. This is an issue that betrays how like hopelessly broken our healthcare system is where we thought uh, health insurance was the solution. It was, I mean, all of this is super predatory, right? We're not taking care of our people. I'm glad that private citizens are taking care of our people now. Right. But it's, it's, it's a shame that the government can't do its fucking job. Which we should well, not, we shouldn't be surprised. We don't even that. want to get onto that subject about how much <laughs> money goes into research and not go into yeah. the families that actually need it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's what we're we're trying to we're we're not giving this money to research, and we don't have any paid employees with Saves Wings. All the money that we raise goes directly to families, and that. Right. So um, I appreciate <laughs> you you feeling the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's we have we all have our own political feelings about things but the first and foremost thing we should all be thinking about is how are we actually solving problems right right and and the first problem we have to solve is taking care of ourselves and each other mm-hmm. and we've failed abjectly when it comes to healthcare in this country so we appreciate you actually doing something about it it's easy to talk about the fucked up issues and stuff it's a lot more difficult to actually get involved and help create solutions for people. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Cause people don't understand like when you put on these events and I've, I've hosted a lot of these things, like there is so much that goes into it, especially when it's yours, that it eats up a lot of your time and you don't make any money off of this. And I mean, I, I'm sure you're stressed, 
you know, throughout the year trying to put this together and get all these people out there. It is a lot of work to do something like what you're doing. Can I show you something real quick? This yeah. is my wife, Candice, but look at what she's working on right now. Saves wings. Yeah. <laughs> always, always, right? It's, it's, it's like, it's like eight to eight hours a day that we kind of just kind of knock things out of the ballpark and get things done. But um, it's, it's, it's enjoyable because it's a, it's a great feeling for us and a great cause. And well, this is our first one that we've kind of kicked off. So we're trying to make it uh, unbelievable and just keep building from this year on. But um, we've got uh, some pretty cool uh, singer songwriters that are going to be out. Can't uh, name them yet, um, but um, they, uh, they're, they're pretty famous and um, we're looking forward to having them a part of Saves Wings as well. So um, very cool stuff. We've got great board members and we're, uh, we're, we're, we're doing our share to, to help out whoever we can. That's great. I'm gra- glad to hear it. I mean, it, it, this is one of the bigger issues going on in the country for a long time now. And we've offered, I mean, you, you know, I, I'm not going to get, going to get too political about it. This is a sports show, but we've every, every organization or president that's come into office has fucked this up badly, like badly <laughs> fucked it up. Like we have Dennis Miller used to talk about this all the way back in 2004. We have the hundred percent of money that we've set aside for healthcare. And for some reason we put 20% of it in escrow right? And just hand it to some administrative organization we call insurance companies for no fucking reason. They don't provide any real service. They just help move money around and they take their scrape. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we, we, we don't, we never hold the pharmaceutical companies accountable for anything. They can charge 27 to $29 on average for an aspirin. What the fuck? For 180 <laughs> bucks for a fucking IV back? Those things cost $6. Yeah. Well, they you donate too much money to people's campaigns, and uh, yeah, exactly. unfortunately, that will continue to go on. Well, at least somebody's out there fighting the good fight. I'm sure there are plenty of people doing I, it, but you're, you're I, certainly I, I helping. I swear you and Candace have been talking to each other on the side about all this. <laughs> I've, been, I've been ranting about this in my private life and on the show for years now. I hate it. it this is the, this is the, we, we tell people in this country that you can be as healthy as you can afford to be, and I can't think of anything more objectively immoral than that. That is just yeah. terrible to say no. to somebody. So. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for helping, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. And yes. this is the point in the show where we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. It can also be a lady, uh, a broette, if you will. Um, who is who is a person that has inspired you or helped you become the person you are uh, in this life? Well, as of late, my wife, for sure, Candace, um, we've gone uh, through uh, COVID together and we've learned so much about each other. We've um, actually. Uh, been to married for a little over two years now but it seems like we've been married forever but i've actually um learned more about myself being married to her than my 54 years prior so she's been very instrumental in 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 my life and um i tip my cap to her and the stuff that she's gone through um uh, physically with the the cancers and so on and so forth so she's uh she's she's amazing and um uh, yeah, my grandfather would be, my grandfather would be the other one who, uh, he got me involved in baseball at a young age and, um, really, uh, um, that's why I, 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 started playing baseball was because of him. So he was the other one that was very instrumental in, in where I am and what I've become. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. To hear. Um, you got any, any quick, uh, picks here and who you think is going to win the world series this year? Well, um, yeah, it's, I always root for my old teams. Um, uh, Bud Black, uh, unfortunately, I don't think he has a chance with Colorado um, this year. Just uh, they seem to, to get rid of all their players yeah, from yeah. time to time. They but still got anyways, story, uh, but Arenado's gone. I, 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 yeah, I, 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 
my pick, if I had a pick, um, I would say the Dodgers would probably repeat um, just because of their pitching staff yeah. and their lineup is unbelievable. But I like the Yankees and them going up against each other. Yeah, we'll see. A Yankees pitching is is unless Kluver comes back and really yeah, reestablishes himself. And there. they also have to stay healthy. I feel like the Yankees that that right. lineup yeah. just can't Judge and Stanton. Yeah, keep yeah. it together yeah. for a it's full tough. season. I actually had to choose. I had so I did my fantasy baseball draft last night, and I had to choose between Stanton and Jorge Soler. Basically, that's who was up for that utility spot. I'm like, there's no way I'm picking Stanton. Mm-hmm. Like he, if he stays, he'll outperform. Stay him, no question. But yeah. yeah. How can I take that risk? Yeah. Although at the same time, I drafted Degrom to, to stash him on the bench for a while. So maybe I'm <laughs> stupid. I don't know. Yeah, but, but the weird thing is, with all the the technology that, that you were talking about earlier, with uh, you know the the frozen chambers and all that stupid shit. Yeah. I felt like your era, you you guys didn't get hurt a lot. How was that possible? Now you guys were just boozing it up, chewing tobacco, and uh, uh, like apparently trying to shove Bo Jackson's face into a cake, which is a goddamn death wish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How are all these guys getting hurt with every possible treatment out there in the world? Yeah, yeah. I kind of scratch your head a little bit with that one. That's mm. for sure. Yeah, with all the people they have traveling with them, between trainers and physical therapists, and um, you name it, shrinks and all the equipment that they actually have to uh, to make themselves uh, recover quickly. I don't know. I'm not not really sure about that one. Maybe it's in the water. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Just weak. Maybe yeah. it's yeah. weakness. That's all it is. It's weakness. Come on. Yeah, I, guy, I, that's guy, what we chalk it up guy, to. Just guys, weakness. Everybody's throwing a hundred now, so you know they're more physically capable than ever before. We have more technology to keep them healthy than ever before, and they they pitch on average about five four to four point eight innings. I think yeah. per game is the average start. For anybody Ouch. that's not in the top 1% of Major League Baseball, it's some crazy number like that. That is pathetic. Yes. I, hey, guys, I, I'd hate, I hate, you hate to have to leave because this has been awesome, and mm. that, but I think my battery is going to die in a couple oh, no of worries. seconds. Oh, good. So no. in, in, case, in case it does, know that I had a great time, and I appreciate you guys, um, and uh, look forward to seeing you guys live in person in Austin. Oh, yeah. Anytime you come anytime. here, let us know. Anytime you well, come here, yeah. Uh, we, I, need, was, I need a seat. Somewhere in that area, I think oh, we got by plenty. that time, uh, COVID will be, uh, you know, a little, a uh, little less, and we could sit a little closer than six feet apart. Oh yeah, you can sit in our lap if you want. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll grab some red man, you know, yeah. and really load up the jaw <laughs> just for old times' sake. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I hear you. I we, hear you. We appreciate you being yep. here. Uh, we want to shout out uh, the uh, the people who are always here with us every single day: uh, Ruben Schneider, uh, Craig Delasky, Nico, the Greco, Bill Schofield, uh, Bill Schofield, Logan, Logan Lapointe is always here. Um, and we appreciate you guys watching on YouTube and always commenting. These yeah. are our day one homies here on, on the sports show. Dan uh, and Gerald. Uh, and they're, they're always here, and we, and we greatly appreciate it. Brett, it's, it's been fantastic. Go to sabeswings.com uh, if you'd like to help out today. We appreciate you being here. For D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, Hot Bob, I'm Ross Patterson. This is Drinking Bros Sports. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.